Welcome to the Conscious Leadership Club podcast, where we explore the intersection between Buddhist psychology, modern science and leadership. My name is Tim and this is the topic I'm currently studying at the University of Oxford and I'm excited to share my learnings with you. Hello and welcome back. In the last episode, we started to unpack the buzzword mindfulness, explored ancient as well as contemporary definitions, looked at exciting research findings, as well as its misconceptions when we think about the term mindfulness. And today I want to deepen this knowledge further by talking about the four main functions of mindfulness. Generally speaking, the function of mindfulness is to help us shifting from automatic reactivity to responsiveness. And you could also say from avoidance patterns to a genuine willingness to meet present moment experience as it is. And beyond just the practice of attention and awareness, mindfulness encompasses a rich yeah, almost like a tapestry of functions that together offer a comprehensive approach to engaging with our inner and outer worlds. And the four functions, simple knowing, protective awareness, investigative awareness, and reframing serve as pillars supporting the transformative power of mindfulness. And in today's episode, we dive into each of these functions in more detail and explore how they can yeah, transform your mind and life. So let's begin with the first function, simple knowing. So establishing simple knowing, or it's also sometimes called anchoring awareness, is the starting point of any mindfulness training. It is about learning to shine the light of a clear, sustained attention upon present moment experience without bias or preference. So this function is really about cultivating a stable base of attention amidst the ever-changing tides of thoughts, emotions, and external circumstances. Simple knowing or perceiving can be linked to standing on an elevated platform or a tower from which we can overlook the surrounding landscape. So there is no agenda except to look into the distance and observe. And our attention and perception are hereby attentional. They are receptive and relaxed. So we have a perspective that does not overly identify with the specifics of the environment, but rather just observe them. And the beam of light from the lighthouse, which metaphorically stands for our attention, can be purposefully moved over the different objects in our surroundings. And in doing so, we map all our experience our mind as well as our body. And what's important, we map our experience with our intention and without any judgment or adding any story. So a thought is a thought, a physical sensation is a physical sensation, and a feeling is a feeling. And perhaps we are aware of the attraction of habitual patterns, such as the tendency to criticize, judge, and ruminate, and adding all those stories, but we only perceive them for what they are, a habit as a habit and reactivity as reactivity. So function one is therefore simple knowing, without attributing any special significance to an event. 
The second key function of mindfulness is known as protective awareness. And this function teaches us on how to navigate our mental landscape, identifying habits and emotional states that can be harmful and taking steps to safeguard our mental well-being from this. So mindfulness sheds light on how parents of overthinking, anxiety, aversion, disassociation and over-identification can lead to distress. And this is where protective awareness comes into play. And you can imagine protective awareness like a wise gatekeeper of a city, or nowadays, I think it would rather be a bouncer of a club, who is able to recognize the good citizens of the city and let them in, while also deciding who should better not be let in. And protective awareness requires discernment of knowing who the residents of the city are, who are visitors, and who intend benefit and who intend harm. And this is very crucial because discernment is different from judgment. In Buddhist psychology, a judging mind unavoidably creates struggle and distress. Discernment, however, is about knowing what is wholesome and what is not wholesome. And this function of mindfulness is not about suppression or avoidance, but about choosing wisely what to engage with. It teaches us to recognize patterns of negativity or rumination and gently steers our attention back to more constructive or neutral ground. Then let's come to the third function of mindfulness, which is that of investigative awareness. And the analogy here is that of a surgeon operating on a person wounded by an arrow. And instead of quickly pulling out the arrow, a skilled surgeon would first examine the wound. And after assessing the nature of the injury, he or she would make a diagnosis, determine the appropriate method for removing the error, and then make a prognosis and then prescribe a treatment. So investigative awareness is all about understanding and insight. It is really the window of mindfulness through which understanding of the functioning of our minds and habits arises. And it's precisely this understanding that can radically change our experience over time and also our minds. So this exploring or investigating is one of the main teachings of mindfulness training. Namely, being aware that dissatisfaction exists, so that it has causes like aversion and attachment, and that there is a way that helps us to overcome this distress. So basically, we're talking here about the Four Noble Truths. And this is, this is the, the, the pedagogy, so to say, of the Buddha. Tough and uncomfortable situations are part of life. Yeah, they're unavoidable. There's a cause that makes this even more uncomfortable than it needs to be, which is uh, our resistance or aversion to it or craving, so to say. And that there is also a way of overcoming this and therefore experience less dissatisfaction. And yeah, I talked about this in one of the previous uh, episodes and I will talk about the Four Noble Truths in more detail along the journey. So investigative awareness invites us into a deeper exploration of our thoughts, emotions and experiences. It encourages curiosity and non-judgmental inquiry, asking questions like, why does this emotion rise? Or what is the true nature of this thought? And by engaging with our inner landscape in this way, we gain profound insights into our patterns of behavior, emotional triggers, and the roots of our suffering. So that makes investigative awareness key to understanding ourselves on a deeper level and also fostering transformational change. Important is that 
This does not mean that unpleasant moments of life disappear through more mindfulness. But rather, I would say, we change the way we relate with the unpleasant moments. So we do not change the situation itself, but rather our relationship. And more often than not, it's our desire to change the situation that continues to fuel our distress from one moment to the next. And last but not least, the fourth function of mindfulness is all about reframing how we view things and this of course ties in super closely with the other three functions it starts by practicing being kinder and more like a yeah like a friend to ourselves to others and to whatever happens around you and this whole vibe of kindness and compassion it isn't just a nice to have it is really at the heart and core of mindfulness on the flip side if we are always in let's say avoid mode Reacting to things with like a big, nope, not interested, don't want to engage with that. We end up shutting ourselves off from the world and from other people and of course even from ourselves. And it's like living in a constant state of, oof, go away. But here's the interesting part. When we flip the script and approach life with a sense of curiosity, kindness and warmth, things start to open up. That feeling of seeing everyone as a potential threat or annoyance starts to melt away. We begin to realize that we're not as flawed or imperfect as we might have thought. And we begin to see that the tough times don't last forever. And that feeling dissatisfied isn't a permanent state. And this new outlook helps us challenge those inner voices that tell us we're not good enough. And you know what? life starts to look a lot different. We see that we can free ourselves from repetitive patterns of thought and behavior that no longer serve us. And there's a whole world of skillful responses out there that can change the course of our journey. And this is pretty empowering when you think about it. We have the power to change how we think and by extension, how we live. And to make the four functions of mindfulness a bit more tangible, I like to present a sort of case study of a person named Julia. And Julia works at a yeah, very demanding consulting firm. And the last few days she was super busy and yeah, preparing an important client workshop. And in the evening before the workshop, she receives an email from her team lead that due to a change on yeah, the client side, the agenda for tomorrow's workshop must be substantially revised. And upon reading the message, Julia feels her stomach tighten and her worries grow louder, which is the function of simple knowing. Instead of being consumed by emerging thoughts like, I'll never manage this, the workshop will be a total disaster, and here comes another night with only four hours of sleep, Julia collects herself for a moment and addresses her critical thoughts with friendly openness. Good evening, Critical Julia. I was wondering where have you been? So we see here a disidentification and protective awareness. Next, Julia confronts her understandable negative thoughts with kindness and openness, exploring what she experiences in her body and mind. She breathes deeply several times, consciously focusing her attention on the movement of her belly. And with each breath, she feels her abdomen area expanding and contracting. So she senses her mind drifting into negative thoughts, yet she always returns her attention to her breath. Protective awareness. After 10 minutes of stabilizing her attention through her breath, Julia felt that she had an 
active choice again. She could either continue to fret about the situation and imagine how disastrous tomorrow's workshop will be, or she could listen to her body, take a short walk in the park, take a break, and then focus again on revising the agenda to the essentials and go to bed as early as possible, knowing that the client might actually be grateful that the workshop can still take place and doesn't have to be cancelled last minute. Investigative awareness. Two hours later, Julia sends the revised agenda to her team lead, well aware that the workshop will proceed differently than originally planned, and at the same time proud that she was able to handle the situation so sorringly. And here we see the reframing perception in view. And Julia's example shows how the four main functions of mindfulness can help to better cope with everyday challenges. And incorporating the four functions of mindfulness into daily life can really transform mundane or challenging activities into opportunities for growth and reflection. And whether you engage in work, spending time with family, or simply enjoying a moment of solitude, each function offers a lens through which to experience life more fully and with greater awareness. Let's recap real quick. So simply knowing the first function helps you become present and engaged, whether you're listening to a friend or focusing on a task at work. Secondly, protective awareness enables you to navigate challenging situations with grace, choosing responses that promote well-being and peace. The third function of mindfulness, investigative awareness, deepens your understanding of yourself and helping you to grow and evolve in alignment with your values. And then last but not least, reframing perception and view ensures that kindness and compassion are at the heart of your interactions with yourself and others. This is it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, stay present and see you soon.